0: Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Wrap with Reynolds YouTube channel. If you miss the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome back. Here we are. Sunday night teacher talk happening again every Sunday at one PM. Um, bring a friend. You now everything's better with a friend. It's like that Billy Idol song, "Dancing with Myself." I don't know I wrote that song. It didn't. It sounds like a happy song, but it just seems so lonely. Um, but I want to talk about a different song first because this is a weird song. And anytime this song, I, this is a song I loved. I'll tell you what. There were two songs that I loved when I was it's like nineteen eighty five. I'm like nine years old and I love skateboarding and, uh, I want to so badly. I still want to own this board. The Mark Gonzalez, OG Mark Gonzalez board has been in my, my cart on a, on a weird website for a long time, but, um, I love two songs, two albums to, to uh, to, to skateboard to one was quiet riot um the song come on feel the noise and then um anything from van halen's 1984 album and one of the things about that album i loved was the song hot for teacher because i just thought the kids were such wise asses in it and now that when you're a teacher that song gets a little weird all right it's not doesn't hold the same power that it used to it got a little weird but it just came on as i was getting ready i play pumping music before i get on here Uh, same thing I do at school, right? It's all about like, it's all about getting in, getting in the flow. And so I am listening to that song and I hear David Lee Roth and there's this part where he's like, I got my pencil. Now give me something to write on. And he's just being, he's just being a jackass. And I remember like, as a kid, I thought that was so funny. And now as a teacher, I think, you know, as a first year teacher, I don't know if Reynolds, had the the right thing to say back to that, to somebody like just kind of yelling out, asking for stuff, telling you what they have, telling you what they don't have, trying to like cause a scene. Um, And like, cause you know, that's the kind of thing that gets the whole class laughing. Then you don't know what to do. Do I laugh with them? Do I not say something? Do I like, do I like, can't we just get back to the lesson? I just want to teach. And (laughs) you know, I, I just, I bring all this up because I just think for those of you, that this is your first year, it's your second year, or, you know, you're at a new school. Sometimes that stuff happens, but then you start figuring out ways to deal with this. And everyone's going to do it from their own unique way, right? There's all kinds of classroom management or classroom leadership ways to deal with stuff. But when I think about those moments, that is something that literally would have paralyzed me when I started. Some kids saying something, out loud that made me look bad, I thought, and made everyone else laugh. And now you just figure out ways to deal with it. And so just as an encouragement, you will figure out those ways. And then here's the funny thing, right? Here's the great thing about figuring out your classroom management and classroom leadership style is that that kid will show up again and again and again in your classroom. Now look, that might be literally, maybe that kid doesn't do well this year and they really do show back up in your class. Cause I taught Carl four times in high school in ninth grade literature. Um, but if you don't have a car, um, you know, maybe that kid just looks different, but it's the same, it's the same behavior, it's the same attitude. It's the same issues. And I, the beauty in that is that, you know, we get to this space as educators, where we're starting to just know what to do and you show up and you got it under control. So look, if you don't know what to do, something we're launching this week, um, I'm just going to put it out there. Should I not say it? No. Go ahead. All right. So. Um, we're a little bit behind the eight ball because look, trying to, this stuff full time is hard. It's like, it's not a lot of time. It's not as many hours in the day as I think that there is sometimes. So we are trying to, to, we're getting this thing ready. I created a workshop, did a workshop last year called the back to school, uh, workshop where I gave about this much material out in this much time. So what we're trying to do this year is given appropriate amount of of material out, and we're going to have a workshop that covers. It's over two days. Um, it will be coming up. I think. I think it. It's going to launch this week. It might be as early as tomorrow. I'm not really sure. I got to figure. Like, I, there's a few logistics to put out, um, but we're trying to make it not only really affordable because anything we create for teachers we try and make wildly affordable, but it's also something that's going to come with resources for almost every single thing we talk about, right? So when I talk about sending parents a very specific email at the beginning of the year, and there's three things that I ask that parents love. Some of them don't even know what to say to it because they're just like, oh, no one's ever asked me that before. But like in a really good way, we're just gonna give you the email. Here's the email already written out. When I say, yeah, talk about kids doing like a life map or a life odyssey, instead of just telling you what I do, here's my example. Here is... The template for it. Here's the rubric to grade it. So your first week, right? If you do that life odyssey the first week, it's locked and loaded. You don't even have to plan anything for the rest of the week, right? So it's dialing in all this stuff, giving you a ton of free resources with it. Or not, not free. I hate when people say that. It's, it's not not free. It's included with the price of the, the mastermind that we're doing. So we're calling it the back to school mastermind. Um, that is, I had to write it on it. Because I kept calling it a bunch of different other stuff. My wife like, okay. put it on it. I don't know why you have to. Why do you have to sound like that? You don't even sound like that. That's what I always made my mom sound like. And my mom would be like, I don't sound like that. And I'm like, you sound like this in my head all the time.
1: That means we must be nagging you.
0: You're not nagging me. You just love me all the time. So anyway, enough of my love. My love of love. But um, that's what we're going to. It's going to launch this week. Uh, and it's. this is something I think we're going to do now. And then we'll do another one before most of the rest of you go back to school. Uh, where that topic and stuff will be announced at the end of this mastermind. But um, we're just trying to like, look, we know, last thing, we know that PDs are like, like, this is so dumb. This is a dad joke, but I just thought of it. PDs should really stand for pretty dumb. Like most (laughs) PDs I go to, I can't stand them. So we're trying to make PD here um, that's real. That's stuff that we wish that I, or that I wish at least existed. Well, you probably wish existed also, because then I wouldn't come home and complain about it all the time. And you'd be like, how's professional development? I'm like, it was dumb. It was Mm -hmm. pretty dumb. Mm -hmm. And I had to fake a phone call and go to my classroom and do actual (laughs) work. But with that being said, look, if this is your first time here, we'll talk about anything. Any question you got, bring it up. And then um, just put it in the chat. If you could put the Q, like a letter Q before it or the word question, great. It just helps uh, the not so secret wife figure that out. But um, we're good. Let me fix this microphone real quick.
1: Are you ready for the first question? Let's
0: do it. Ask All right, while you're fiddling
1: away. um, Drink out of my
0: jar while you're doing that.
1: (laughs) Stop. Don't say that. People love mason jars, and that mason jar is purple to it boot, is. which is My students excellent. always think I'm drinking purple stuff. Oh, no. Nothing purple in there. Just water. All right. Our first question is coming from Laura. She's asking, this coming school year, I will be working directly with a colleague who has an intense type A personality. How do I keep my own sanity while helping her adjust to our grade level?
0: I think the, this is a great question, Laura. Uh, a
1: great question.
0: So... I think it's calling out the differences um, and not in a bad way, right? It's just identifying, man, like I love your get up and go attitude. I love like you're so like fast paced and like, you know, you're moving and grooving and getting things done. It's so great, man. I love it. And then when, and then not, not to, to put you down, right. You're I was going to say, put you don't, down. don't
1: say like, Oh, I wish so, I could have that. No, it's don't, don't be self-deprecating.
0: It's, you can call out, I've called out certain things of that where you I'm like, talk you talk know what? I love your, pieces. that you're like this. I would love to be more like that, but it's like own who you are, right? Who you are is not bad. Type A could be great. Um, but, you know, types B and C, I don't know how many other types there are. are well, there... look
1: through. We took, I, again, I'm going to go back to the DISC assessment that we took. Um, and it was a 14, 14 questions, and we got, like, a 22-page report back. And I just loved it. It's a I personality
0: it to, assessment that we took.
1: I found it to be so informative, and nothing was a weakness. It was everybody had different strengths yeah. and um, areas, not of weakness, but, like, I forget. How did they frame it? Um,
0: It's just your DNA. It's how you're made up. It's just your wiring. And it's kind of
1: like finding a flow and team that kind of like works together. And like when you know about you, you know how to work with others. And in that assessment, like it gave a lot of feedback about that. Yeah. About how you work with others as well.
0: You know what? You're type A. You're the lead guitar player, right? right. But every band needs bass. They need someone that's just holding Facts. it down in the back, just holding it down, moving and grooving at their own pace. And so that that's kind of how I would go into that. And then the the other, the last thing I would say to that is, you know, when we are doing that kind of a thing, it's reminding other folks that we don't always roll like that, bro. I know, I know you're not. I know you stayed up all night till two o'clock in the morning cutting things out for class, but uh. I went to bed at nine o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock at night. That's just how I roll. I need, I'm uh, like,
1: but that's what you need.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. It's about saying, it's, like, but it's owning your stuff you, in right? a non self deprecating way. It's owning your stuff. And, and I think that that's, I've I think that's how of, you
1: keep your sanity. Right. It's like, no, that works for you. That's great for you. But this is what I need as a human. Yeah. Right. And, just, and I, I just say it with just, a
0: smile. Yeah. Right? So like when fines would be I like, I don't really
1: say it with a smile, but Yeah. <laughs> I, it was I think your your ways always better.
0: But we, but no, but we, even in that, right? Like we do things differently. Right. And we, but we can almost laugh about it sometimes. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, you'll like, when we were at, so we went on vacation. Last thing I'll say about this. We we're on vacation and we could not get service at this restaurant that we were at. And so. Talked
1: away in a little back corner, I have to, when my there. wife
0: goes up to go get service, it's very like, her neck does this thing. Um, <laughs> and. It's like unhinged, like, um, excuse me.
1: I waited and long so enough, I'm patient. I always had
0: to go, hey, just a reminder, just uh, be nice. Be <laughs> ni- just smile, like be nice to those people. And she could take my advice or not, but I just, I just tend towards being nice.
1: Well, I, that rings You're in not the not back nice. of my head. You go no, always I'm go, just I'm, just just <laughs> I'm just direct. Just <laughs> direct. Don't make that face. <laughs> that face is not. Babe,
0: I'm not being mean. I'm not. I'm being direct. And I'm like, even the way you
1: said that maybe like. <laughs> I'm just being very clear with my you with are. my wants and needs and expectations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, yes, oh, my so. gosh.
1: I don't have one, which is what well, you Sorry. keep distracting me.
0: Sorry. I need someone back on this. All track.
1: right. Whew, John Lopez. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to get here, but he's asking. It's
0: always um, great.
1: He's asking, with classrooms having affirmation stations, don't you think that teachers should have libation uh <laughs>
0: Inebriation, inebriation stations. inebriation
1: stations. Oh goodness! <laughs>
0: I'm gonna tell you, John. I worked with a guy that used to keep alcohol on his desk. <gasps>
1: Stop it! Yeah, don't, don't remember that. You. No, but I probably when you tell me a name later. No, 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 I'll no.
0: It's that dude that was super inappropriate at that Christmas party that we went to.
1: Oh, he got all drunk, oh. <gasps> oh, and they told me
0: they'd been drunk all week. And I was oh like, my god. What?
1: What? <laughs> okay. He's like, "Oh yeah,
0: during Christmas, i just keep a bottle in the bottom of my desk." What? Terrible.
1: that's not you even You want some? That's no. Not no, even I don't even want
0: to know that you told me that. I like a
1: I'm a mandated reporter, man. Um <laughs> closing my ears. So,
0: that hasn't worked. Um but I'll tell you what. Um here here's just an idea. Let me just put this out there, John. I have my eye on a new studio that I would really really love to get. If we can if we can bankroll this thing, um, there's a studio, and it is equal distances in my current neighborhood between the high school and the elementary school, right? And I thought about hosting <laughs> teacher happy hours after school. We just It's like Sunday teacher talk. You can just show up after school. You got beers in the fridge. Um, I don't know how to make anything else. so It's not like I can make you a mixed drink, but I got beers. Um, and, uh, you know, get some White Claw in there, I guess. It's, it's about as different as, as it gets. But uh, I just thought, like, having a spot for teachers to show up to just kind of like share, how'd your day go? Do you want to talk about something? Like, you know, and that would be my spot. So I did think about that.
1: I think that's no. a great idea.
0: I do love affirmations, though. I try and do them every day. No. I, have I, them don't, on my I don't
1: desktop. know what this is, but all I see in the comments is do John it. Lopez and it says, in quotes, it says, Be nice, Patrick Swayze Roadhouse. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Until it's time when, John? To not, to not be, be nice. nice. Oh,
1: yes. yes. And I, that's my favorite movie. So One of the greatest I had movies of all time. Pop that in there. Please. Okay. Our next question is coming from Caitlin. She's asking, have to have surgery eight, five after a traumatic injury. I don't know what that traumatic. is, but oh, dramatic. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry that happened. But She's we'll asking, do I miss a new student orientation day or days in the first full week of school?
0: Yes. Um, so Caitlin, first of all, I'm really sorry that something happened. Um, I want, when my daughter was born, uh, almost, Th- it'll she be 13 was born years on the ago.
1: 15th of September, which it is was literally a the week first after week school, of school started. School like yeah. snow-
0: No, I went back for PD. I went back for the first week Marley was born and I missed a yeah. whole week. So that was like you just got policies, procedures, beginning of the year. I built the momentum. I'm so glad you're here. This is gonna be the greatest year ever. Whoa, this is awesome. It is. Oh, yeah, I'm not gonna be in school for a week because my wife had a baby. <laughs> um but you know, there, it does give you that you get kind of tripped up. Right. Um, but, but I'll say this taking time for you to be able to show up, right? Like you don't want to show up the, the, the hurt version as much as possible, right? Like you're going to be coming back and you're going to be healing and and recovering and getting better. And that's understandable, but to miss and then be able to come back full force, Um, or, or, or the, the, the on the road to recovery version of you, that's the answer always look, there, there's no, like in the long run, um, no one's even going to remember the kids aren't even going to remember. And then you'll find your footing and you'll be able to get going on, on the beginning of the year. But I wouldn't even think about school. I would just take off, take care of your, your, your kids. I see all these beautiful kids in that picture on your profile picture, take care of you take care of your kids or, you know, pray for your husband as he's taking care of your kids or whatever. <laughs> but, um, that's the, in my opinion, that's the move. Look d- teachers f- and I'm not, I'm totally just generalizing here. Uh let me say this one thing. And then I see you're, you're trying to butt in I don't want your head to do the thing, but, um, <laughs> uh, teachers tend to put their, their own, their own health, um, on the back burner. Right? Like we do this as parents too, right? We put our kids first and then ourselves. And it really always has to be us first. Always, always, always has to be us first. And then everyone else. Because then you have the love, the capacity, the health, the wellness, the vibrance to give to other people. Um, so that that would be my my answer. What um you say, so
1: I think Not that that wasn't a great answer, but she's asking, do I miss Um, new student orientation day or days in the first full week of school? If you had to miss one or the other, which one would you do? Oh, okay. My
0: bad. Um, Student orientation day or – I'd miss student orientation day. Um, Over the first full week of school? Yeah, because that student orientation day is – I feel like those are often, as a student, and I know this just from asking kids – it's so much information and there's so much going on that like, I'd rather be ready and to go when kids come into actual class. Mm. Um, cause also it's like, it feel like push- feels like you're, it's, it feels like your preview, you got the trailer up and yeah. then the movie started and you're like, wait, where's, where's the main character? Like they're not yeah. even here.
1: And you could probably put anything in orientation days that you miss that you want to recap like yeah. in your first week. Yeah. In the first day that you come back. Sorry, something's in my eye. Oh, that's okay. I don't mind. <laughs> my eye minds. Maybe. All right. Jason O'Neill is asking, what's your best advice for staying in your lane? I have a colleague who is mailing in his prep time and the rest of us are picking up the slack. He then interrupts our time to help him catch up what would wwcjd what would C- <laughs> C- cj so, C- 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 do
0: <laughs> what is the bad um
1: I, you would not pick up anybody else i would i don't that pick is, up cj is very clear of. and like so yeah so how would you navigate that on a team I
0: literally would go
1: i'm just laughing because i that's the answer he wants he's like what is so this i'll do this, this is what I my
0: buddy rufo right he is one of my favorite people that i work with And Rufo's like this young dude, young, he's a young man bun guy, right? He's like young man bun. (laughs) Every time we go to a bar, like everyone loves him. Like every woman in the bar is always like, if people I know, I know. in your pictures, right? You go, oh, look at
1: Rufo. (laughs) I think the first time I saw Rufo in a picture at like CJ's call, I go, oh, who's that?
0: (laughs) He's just young and fit and charismatic. And so he comes into my room on his prep and I'm like trying to grade stuff and get through Mm -hmm. stuff. And it's me and this other woman. Miss McBride would be like talking but working, like plowing through stuff during prep time, and Rufo comes in and literally just sits back. He kicks his feet up on my couch. He'll be like, "Yo, Reynolds, I was thinking, what do you think about?" And I have to go. so I'll entertain it for a moment, but I go, "Rufo, R- wait, Rufo, you're trying to waste my time. I'm just, I'm here for the kids." I'm trying to prep for the kids to make it the greatest year ever. You're just, you're getting in my way here. Like, so you can sit in the passenger seat. We could drive together, but like you're, you're being a road bump. You're being a speed bump right now. Um, and so for me, it's just saying things like absurd, but it's just speaking truth to people all the time.
1: It's like they get the hint.
0: Yeah, they get it. And so Rufo, he goes, all right, Reynolds. All right. Um, or he'll just turn it up and try and be even more egregious and like distracting and stuff (laughs) like that. But it's, just calling those things out, right? Um, or I do, like, uh, I have this sign over there. I don't know if you want to grab my sign that I hang up in the window. Uh, the
1: one with right? your excellent spelling. I just
0: got to let people know that, like, I'm on, like, I don't know what type of time you think I'm on. Um, but in my office door, I made this sign. I misspelled the word focus. Um, but that's all right because I have dyslexia. Uh, I'm in the tight bubble total focus, people. So I hang this up. have this little string. I don't
1: know if anyone can you know, see the people. focus.
0: Piece of uh, cardboard. yeah, misspelled focus, but I fixed it. It's fixed, um, makes it has more character now. This is what I hang up, and so I this is something I would do in my classroom too. I'd hang that up and let everyone know, yo, it's type all but total focus. I know you're trying to like do something else right now, and so when you come back, it's like, listen, telling people, I that's a great question. Oh man, you need time to prep, that sounds great. Um, I would love to help you at the designated preparation time. But right now, that preparation time has passed. And I have already prepared for this. So now I'm wheeling and dealing with whatever I'm doing now. It is literally... It, here's But here's so same
1: the, thing even with the restaurant. I'm going to go back to my restaurant, people. It's like setting boundaries and telling people how they're going to treat you. Or when they can... When their your time is available. Or when things... I just... I am a big fan anymore of the saying, Stop eating the... Crap that people try and shovel it to you. Like, people just eat it. They take whatever. Like, even with text messages and phone calls and all of that, and I learned that from you. You don't answer phone calls or text messages when you are doing something, when you're talking to someone, when you're whatever. It's like, nope, right now I'm doing this. And I think that that's okay to even just say to people. If you're not humorous, if you're not funny, man, I think you can just say it and it's still, it's not being mean. Yeah. It's speaking the truth.
0: Speaking the truth in love. I love
1: you, but I, I can't, I, I'm so pleased. But
0: it's how you I do need, it, I right? mean, I have
1: this time set aside for this right now.
0: But your way is not wrong either, right? So it's like, it's literally finding the way that works for
1: you. Right, I just try and keep in my yeah. mind, like, yeah. that's not my natural go-to, is to be kind and loving and warm or funny. It's like direct and we fast are being and like, I people guess. By, <laughs> because, we're,
0: because otherwise, what's it do? It just builds animosity passive aggressive behaviors and right. things of that nature where instead you're just speaking the truth and love yeah it keeps even it clear. if it, what did it say uh say speak the truth or speak your truth even um when it makes your voice quiver i think that was on pinterest but um i just love that idea where it's like even if you're nervous just say it because then you're done it's over
1: Yep. Yeah, so i think like even if you have to tell your colleague like yo you gotta like you gotta step it up like Or you do that by not doing the thing, right? By not helping them and let them fall flat. don't
0: tell them. Just get a piece of cardboard and uh, make a sign out of it. Well, he's saying that
1: the rest of them are picking up the slack. And so for your other colleagues who are on your team, and if the other people want to do it, like, I know that, I'll tell you this. I know there are people on a team with CJ. They would pick up the slack and CJ just wouldn't. And he doesn't feel bad about it because he's like, no, but that person isn't doing the job. So
0: my co-teacher would do that all the time. And she wouldn't even mind me saying this. No. My sign just broke. Um, she color
1: coded your board when your school was like, no, these have to be color coding. And you're like, I'm not going to do of, that. One of
0: my big things this year that <laughs> when I got observed was that I had to color code my, uh, the outline for the day and the core curriculum standards had to be written on the board also. And they wanted me to color code it. And I'm like, bro, the only reason I have different color expo markers is because I did a brand deal with staples last year. Um, like I don't, we don't get, you didn't give these to me. So. I was like, no, I'm not even writing this stuff on the board, period. Like because it's dumb. Not one kid looks at it. I have it on my giant eighty-five inch screen, like the outline for the day, and it looks cool and it's clear and it's neat and it's what we do every day. They're like, now you have to write it on the whiteboard. Right on where it's this big. So I did it I did it once Sam's this is don't do what I do sometimes. I did it one day, but <laughs> I wrote it part. super tiny. Um just because it was so absurd. And then um I was told that that was fine but I had to color code it and I was like not doing it. I'm like I just won't do it. But, but my co teacher did it every day. Every day.
1: But see, and I think like like again in the disc assessment, it's like some people are just that is like in their DNA to follow the instructions yeah. like that. And I'm part of that, but I have but definitely that hurts you have sometimes, that sometimes, right? It, so it's the
0: bigger I think the bigger answer for schools is like or for educators is like you know is figuring out the like, what is what are your boundaries? What are you not wanting? Because people will just ask and ask, yeah, and, ask, it's and, ask and ask and ask forever, and even bigger than this particular situation that Jason's having. Like,
1: it's it's, it's education, it's teachers in general. I think that's why you have so to many say, people that are like peacing no, out of education. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Come on. Okay,
0: I could, for, I could talk for it. I could talk forever.
1: I love. Thank you, Maisha, for your nice compliment. She said, "Oh, Jenna, his mic is on, and I'm loving oh, it." Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> You just need a jar of water.
1: Oh, I do. Uh, All right. Noah's question is up next. And they're asking, I'm teaching 10th grade English for the first time this year, other than working on the state standards, collaborating and reading the books. What should I do to start strong?
0: So, no, I would say um, there's a couple of things. One is to the best of your ability. Like, so let me, get, I'll give you three things to go off of, right? Be able to explain why you're doing anything. Um, and to the best of your ability, try not to tie that to like a test, like it's like a state test or, or it's in the core curriculum standards or whatever it is, right? It's
1: um, not an answer for teenagers. How, yeah. It,
0: it, so that's fine, right? Like you, that's your thing, you, what you're teaching, right? I don't want anyone to get this confused. What you're teaching should be connected to the standards. It should help kids pass the SAT or do well, um, on some sort of standardized test or like, uh, you know, skills that they actually need to get through, uh, to get into college and beyond. But if you want kids to buy in, you got to connect it to something else. So like persuasive writing, right? Why do we have to learn this Reynolds? Because you need to be able to razzle dazzle in your life, bro. Like if you want a job, if you want to get someone to date you, right. If you want to, if you create a product and you want to sell it, you got to be able to razzle dazzle. You got to be able to sell the product in a way that's authentic, that appeals to people, um, that tells a story. Like So there's there's real elements there. Um, if you want to be able to like, have a, an authentic, like, so why do we have to do this debate? This is so dumb. Because you need to be able to get people to understand your point in a clear and concise way and learn how to actively listen to others and be able to respond after actively listening to one another. So I'm going to teach you those skills, right? It's that sort of thing that like we're finding these real world applications for students. And I think that when we want to talk about grit or like rigor, I think that that's where that starts is like, how can I connect this to real life and then get you to actually care about it? So then we're going to take off from there. That's one. Two is um, I think trying to find out what your kids are interested in and then tying that back to what you're teaching, making connection points for your students so that it takes you're connecting what you want them to learn about to the world they actually care about. And then, you know, I always try and find, I think some that's not talked about enough in schools, especially since the pandemic is class trips. Class trips are hands down the thing kids are always going to remember. It's the thing that makes learning come alive and you can try to think of fun stuff. So it's not just like if you're reading like, um, I don't know if like we tenth grade we used to read uh narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, right? Which is a really eye opening book for a lot of my students. It's really well written. His story is really incredible, and you could go to like your local African American history museum. That would be fine. Um, but if you could find a different way to connect that, right? Like maybe you got to like, maybe there's a plantation near where you are. Maybe there is a ship near you are that is like particularly like difficult, like like you can imagine like what it must have been like to be alive in that time, to live on a farm, to go through that work, like to find something that sort of emulates what students would be able to connect on some minute way to what that is. When we read, um, nights was another book we read in 10th grade. I, you know, I I was trying to figure out a way to, to connect, you know, going through Auschwitz with like my students surroundings. So the best thing I could come up with was there's a really old penitentiary in Philadelphia. It's the first penitentiary of its kind called Eastern state penitentiary. And it's run down now, hasn't been open since like 1979 or something, but you can still take tours and what we talked about the tie in there was like, what would it be like if your humanity was stripped away? What would it be like if you were like held against your will somewhere? And like we, what that was the narrative and then going into this place and going in during the school day, there's no one there It was super quiet. We did this audio tour. It was so great and kids still talk about it. So you're trying to find those connection pieces and then where you might go, where you might be able to take students to make that learning come alive. And if you can't go somewhere, who could you bring in to make that learning come alive as well? Because I remember you saying, like, there was – is that the dishwasher? No,
1: it's It's building Legos. That's why uh, I closed the door um, originally and the it, dishwasher's well, going.
0: No, we live in a house. So <laughs> the woman that came into your school that was in a concentration camp, like, lived yeah. through the Holocaust, and you said, like
1: – They brought her in, and having her come in as a guest was – it made it just, it made her stories in the book come alive. Like, I don't think I would have cared as much. Like, it was like, sure. Like, yeah, I was just reading it to read it, you know? But like, when I, when I met her, I was like, oh, oh. like it just, yeah just leveled it up. Right. Yeah. Um, someone in the comments said that they are hoping, uh, Weber is saying, um, I'm hoping to take my kids to the Amazon distribution center, connecting it to process writing and it is cross-curricular. Um, they did their online tour as a lesson last year, and they said their students loved it. Oh, really? Yeah, how cool. Had no idea you could even do some, such a thing. I didn't know that
0: either. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, similar. Uh, so that's a really great idea. Someone at my school took kids um on, Like a behind the scenes tour that air- filled off the airport one time with a yeah, same no similar idea, idea. Could do that and they were How like cool. kids, it like blew their mind. Yeah, you just think of like Toy Story 2 and they're in the- that was their connection point, right? All the stuff going on, in the baggage, and everyone <laughs> yeah. has this job, and how's everything get everywhere? Like, yeah, yeah I think- it's
1: amazing. I love stuff like that. Yeah, uh, that those were my favorite things to watch. On, like, I don't know what were all those reading rainbow. I don't know, all the little shows and then they went to like factory things. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, "Crayola factory." I loved it when I was a kid. Like, yes, yeah, so seeing that anything like Rogers, that. Oh, Crayole was it? Factory. Yeah. Oh, it was failed did that. stuff like that. It was in great. The
0: neighborhood. All right. hit okay, it. The
1: next question is coming from Cass. I have been following you um, I think this is meant to say for a few years and I'm starting my second year this year. I am moving from 6th to 10th oh. grade English. Do you hey. have any tips for uh, the difference in ages?
0: So I, my, my take on 10th grade, right? So I've taught all grades of high school, mainly ninth grade though. Like that's been like, the, and we
1: have a sixth grader. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the difference is ninth grade kids come in and they are, um, they're like a wind up toy, right? So like back in the day, you like wind up a toy, right? And then like, let it go. And they're like, wow. Um, that's literally the noise that they make. 10th grade is like, it lost a little juice. It's like still moving, but it just lost a little juice. 10th graders always come back and look at ninth graders and go, Reynolds, what is this? They literally say this when they eat lunch with me. What is wrong with these kids? <laughs> and I go, what are we talking about? they're They're nuts. I go, bro, you were exactly the same way. Yo, I was never like this. Bro, I'm telling you, you were exactly the same way. I think 6th grade probably needs more rules, more policies, more procedures, more like, here's exactly how you do it. 10th grade not only needs less of that, they want less of that. So it's, I think the difference between talking to someone like they're a kid and talking to them like an adult, like, bro, we got to talk. Like, I find that when I can talk to my students in a very real way, um, they love that because you never, you, like not that you baby talk little kids, but like you talk to them different. I talk to kids that are in 10th grade, like almost like their peers And that builds respect. And I think that that's, you know, and, and then I think just talking and listening, talking and listening to kids, right? Let's talk about this real quick. It makes the biggest difference. No one does it. No one. We were at a birthday party yesterday. Great party, right? Bunch of people I haven't seen in a bunch of years because of COVID and things that like that. Um, And the, i just watch things right and this is no shade i'm not trying to like diss anyone's way that they interact with people most adults just don't interact with kids and when they do it's like talking like hey how are you well we You're like i do so that big. i do that too
1: <laughs> and i 100 talk to kids like that and which is
0: fine yeah. Like kids obviously no no i don't think any kids ever flipped anyone off because they talked no. to them like that but when you can just say like yo give me what is this dress that you have on it is fantastic and then yesterday turns into real story oh i made this dress what stop you made this dress tell me how'd you make this dress do you use a sewing machine you use a sewing needle kids will light up because no one talks to them like that no one interacts with them like that is finding that real way to interact with kids and that's going to help you win from kindergarten to for the rest of their life is is being real with kids um, but I think that that's the two ways I would kind of look at it.
1: All right. Over on Facebook, Summer is asking, I'm starting as a high school English teacher in two weeks and having and having anxiety about attendance of all things. I'm so bad at names. How do you take attendance? All right.
0: So I have a, a video on this, but this is another thing that um, if you weren't here in the beginning, this week we're going to drop the sign up. We'll let you know when it happens we're going to have a sign up for a uh, back to school masterclass. And this is one of the things I'm going to talk about, because I really think that knowing kids' names and having seating charts and attendance policies is is key, as my buddy Darius says, key and critical to uh, finding success uh, in class, especially with regards to like what's re- usually referred to as classroom management. I really like to think about it as classroom leadership, but that's a whole nother story. Um, I, at least for the beginning of the year, do rows every single year, right? My room is just not big enough to do like pods. I don't have cool desks. If I did, I might do things differently. Um, I like rows because kids are often used to rows. And so I'm not trying to like flip the script and make everything crazy, wild, different at the beginning of the year. I wanna tie into something that you're used to, something that makes you feel comfortable and something that's normal for you. Then we're gonna get wild as could be after that, but it is rows. And the way I don't have, I'm looking around like I don't have a seating chart near me. Um, <laughs> I do alphabetical order, right? Cause it's easier. And then I do alphabetical order like this. So it goes a, so if this was just through the alphabet, the first aisle goes ABCD. Then I cross over. So the back of the aisle goes E, F, G, F, or E, F, G, H. one. <laughs> was I thinking? Um, I, I J. <laughs> so your alphabetical order is kind of going like this. It's sneaking through your room. Now, why would I do that, right? Because when you hand things back, I have a student alphabetize them. Then when they're alphabetized, I go handing them back like this. And then all I have to do is go up the next aisle. I have to go back to the top of the aisle and hand things out. Back to the top of the aisle and hand things out. It just, it, my flow is better. Um, when I can't say someone's name, I tell them on the front, end, look with dyslexia, th- if there's too many vowels involved, I mean, look, if you've watched this show, even like two other times, you see that, like we screw names up all the time. Um, if there's too many vowels involved, it starts messing with my head and I can't make heads or tails of it. So I let kids know on the front end. I, this is all I say, listen, I'm about to take attendance, let you know where to sit. If I mess up your name, please, please, please correct me. Once you correct me, there's a chance I'm going to mess it up a couple more times. Be patient with me. I'm going to write it on my seating chart phonetically so I can try to remember. If you have a nickname you want me to call you by, please let me know that as well. So if I couldn't stand it when teachers called me Charles in school and everyone else called me CJ. It just felt so weird. Um, so I would tell them that. And then uh, I really try my best to learn the names. And this is why I tell kids I want to learn their names because you are important and you deserve the respect. My only classroom rule is give respect, get respect. And that is starting with me. I am giving, I'm the one, that's the rules about me. I'm giving respect, so I will get respect back. And if you just let kids know that, look, I, I'm, this is, I'm trying, I wanna do the best I can here, and you're important, and I care about you, and I wanna get your name right, um, it just changes everything. And then letting kids know also that, I let them know like, look, this is the seating chart for right now. When you come in tomorrow, this is the seat that I want you to sit in. Um, but know this, it's not going to be like this all year. These aren't your seats all year. We're going to move things around. And sometimes that's because some of you can't sit next together. And sometimes because some of you should sit together. And sometimes it's because someone needs to sit up front because it says it in a document that I need to have it. It's it's moving kids around and doing things like that. But it's, um, yeah, so talk about that.
1: Um. Okay, well, our next question. Uh, is coming from Brittany. She says, "I'm always trying to make my lessons better to the point of me taking way too much time, constantly yeah. trying to find something bigger and better. How can I move past that so I can unplug oh my it? night?"
0: This is the greatest question. So first of all, Brittany, let's at least like applaud the fact that like you're trying to go above and beyond for your students. Um, I think there can be overkill though in this in this area, and so when I used to do stuff, it would take forever to create anything. And I know there are a lot of people out there that don't like teachers pay teachers, right? Like I have a lot of friends that are like adamantly against it for a whole host of reasons. But the longer I've taught, the more I think, I don't want to come up with something. I don't want to recreate the wheel. Someone's already made it. If we're going to make a chocolate cake... So I made a chocolate cake for my wife's birthday, right? And I am not a baker. Um, Made it from (laughs) scratch. I
1: totally made it from scratch. I go, no, it's not hard. I said, you can do it.
0: No. Uh... When I know this woman, um, Mrs. Crocker, she makes really great cakes. (laughs) And she taught me how to make cakes. I call her Betty. But um, she taught me how to make cakes a long time ago. And it's really easy. I made it cake from scratch. I didn't go on Pinterest. I didn't go on the internet. I already knew my wife had a great recipe for a great chocolate cake. That is like to die for every single time. Well, I wouldn't die for it, but like every single time we have it, please leave that open. I'm going to die soon. I am going to die from that. It's so hot in here. It is. <laughs> I think if you can hear my dishwasher. I apologize, but I'm, there's a good chance I faint otherwise. So my point is you're finding kind of like, the you're finding the recipe from someone else someone else already has the recipe then our job right like so i make the cake which is already a thing like i got still gotta make it still gotta put my spin on things is sprinkling the magic now you're not dousing it in magic you're not like submerging it in magic you are sprinkling it with magic and this is what that means to me that is thinking about you have the cake but now how are you going to, um, how are you going to build up anticipation? So when you're baking a cake and the kids are going, wait, what's that? What's that smell? Um, can I ha- try a little bit of the batter? Oh, sure, child. Cause I don't care if you eat raw egg out of a, just cause I mixed it up with some other stuff. You, you'll be totally fine. Um, <laughs> you taste a little bit of that batter. You smell that cake cooking. So you're, how can you build anticipation before you do that? How do you display the cake when it comes out, is it on a cake tray? Is it already cut up into pieces? Is it on a plate? What else is on that plate? What do you decorate it with? What's the kind of icing, what kind of candles, what kind of decoration is on there? So to me, the lesson is the lesson is the lesson and I there are good lessons and bad lessons and that's probably a different story, but you know when you see a lesson if it's right for you, but then how do you next level that thing? And I'll tell you this, in my experience, Things like room transfer- transformations are awesome. They can, they can cost a fortune, take up all your time, but they're really fun to do a few times a year. Sometimes it's just that little sprinkle in the magic of how I'm going to build anticipation, how I'm going to deliver this information, how I'm going to kick this lesson off. It's those little things every day that I think really bring things alive, right? So one of the things I learned at Get Your Teach On, right, for instance, um. I was in the session that Wade King led and it was literally like stuff I do in class already. But then what if you did it under a black light? What if you have black lights in your classroom? You did basically the same thing, but now you're writing with highlighters and it's with black lights. And it's like, it just, it's just fun. it just makes it more fun. Like if you did the same game, the same activity, the same intro thing, yeah. but with black lights or in the dark or with musical, like it's, I think that that's part of it. Um, and I'd say this, sometimes it's carving out time and saying, this is the time. So tie your hands, right? There's a really great, I talk about this in my book. Um, there's this guy, Phil Hansen. This is a really good, probably YouTube video for you to check out. If you type in <clears throat> Phil Hansen, embrace the shake. It's a TED talk. It's one of my favorite TED talks of all time. And he talks about putting limitations on yourself as a way to not stifle creativity, but really Make it feel like, oh, snap, I only have these things to make this out of or I only have this much time to do it. I have to make this. Um, and it actually makes your creativity explode when you put limitations on you. So that's where I would start with that.
1: All right. Our next question comes from Catherine McCaff asking, hey, Reynolds, I look forward to Sunday night teacher talk every week. Thank you. How do you stay in the moment while teaching?
0: Um, I am only Catherine. I only I have this this thing i I learned it from this guy i heard this guy jesse itzler talk about it um jesse itzler said that he is only where his feet are i just stay where my feet are i don't go anywhere I, i don't i don't i'm not thinking about home i'm not thinking about my dog i'm not thinking about my bills or what the principal said i am literally right here with you right now that's all that matters to me that's it everything else will handle itself and then when I'm with my kids, I'm only with my kids. I'm not thinking about school. I'm not thinking about bills. I'm not thinking about anything else. I have time during the day, in the morning, where I brain dump everything. I just write everything out. I have notes and notes and notes and notes and notes of paper with tons and tons of things on it. And then I actually have a video coming out about how I digitize that because then everything's digital. And I use certain uh, online applications to like keep that stuff organized. But then, then I'm free of it. Once I brain dump, and then once I know exactly what I need to do today, then I know where I have to be and what I have to think about, right? Um, That is, that's part of the way that I do it is I just, and I just keep making that uh, a part of my routine. I'll tell you one of the physical things that I do is, um, I got this from this guy, Ed Mylett, who has a really wonderful podcast. Ed Mylett says um, that he snaps every time he starts thinking, every time he goes somewhere else, every time is that, that negative voice starts talking and say he does this for anything that takes him out of the zone snaps his fingers that's not true this is not where i am right now i'm supposed to be right here and you just keep doing it it's a practice and it helps you to stay present but it's that that it's
1: building a rhythm listening. whatever it is that you do. it's that do.
0: it's having for me it's having that physical thing though yeah. um i have friends that do i've done it with rubber bands they'll put like a rubber band or a bracelet on and they switch hands whenever they need to stay present whenever they get out of that whenever they trying to cut down negative thoughts whatever it is they're working on they switch the bracelet from one hand to the other Mm -hmm. i tried to do that but it was way too distracting
1: i'd forget what hand i was on and what yeah
0: we just put it to the other hand i guess i mean unless you have three hands (laughs)
1: i'd be like i need to keep a tally somewhere (laughs) i don't know i'd make it too complicated okay next question Cass is asking we are moving to 90 percent summative this year any tips
0: all right i'm gonna tell you what i did and then I'm going to recommend that you don't do it because it's not a good piece of advice, but I feel like I should be honest. Um, I think I talked about this last week. We had formative, summative, and then I don't know, we, like whatever, like different ways to assess students. Uh, I put everything in a summative. Um, I don't think there's, I didn't see the value for my students in having different things have different percentages because the kids didn't get it. Uh, points is what, got kids to understand so knowing like if you play basketball and you make a layup it's one point you know where you can make a three-pointer though right so you know what the what the move is makes sense to kids with regards to summative look i mean if if it's tripping you up i mean the the problem with that is most folks think that summative is um is is assessments right so like giving a test well what if a kid doesn't test well And what if they just don't test well in in the traditional sense of how testing goes? Well then I would say make more things summative assessments. Right? Make the project a summative assessment. Make the homework assignment a summative assessment. Make the you know the you know, you can change the language around what that is and what it entails so that all kids so we're actually able to differentiate, so that all kids are having someone play to their strengths and to their weaknesses to build those up as well. So I think it's just about looking at what you're doing and changing the language around some of those things and then making sure that meets the needs and requirements of what your school is asking for. But um, it's just a word. It's like just it around so that all kids are fine so they're still able to find um, a level of success even though the school has changed this thing. And, you know, it's one of those things that schools do that's just kind of – it's like – I would, I would go into, I might even say it's dumb. I would go into it with curiosity. Like you do everything and just ask a lot of questions. What about this? And what do we do with students with like all these differentiating factors? How are we addressing those needs? And look, hopefully your school has a great answer. I know the folks that I worked with last year, when we changed to everything being percentage, everything being like we had to have, it was like, you have to have a formative assessments this often. You have to have summative assessments this often. You have to have quizzes this often, tests this often, this much homework, this much participation. It's like, where do we get this from? Well, studies show that this helps. Okay, so when talking about our students, here are the problems that that presents. I see what you're saying there. Um, and then they would put it off on someone else or they wouldn't really answer it or they beat around the bush so maybe asking those questions of your of your administrative team, they're gonna really give you some answers and be able to support that. Um, but if you don't have that support like many of us don't, uh, it's just like figuring out a way that you're gonna help kids win in a real way anyway and then change the language around That's I do. All
1: right, our next question is coming from Weber. When presentations are a part of the curriculum, but you have students who do not want to present in front of their peers, Challenging for them, or they just don't want to. How do you handle that?
0: All right, so right now, uh, can you talk about my my daughter? Yep, Marley was a firecracker when she was little, like
1: she was a wild child, she
0: called Snarly Marley. Um, she's out there in the wild, right? And so, um, and right now she's going through a phase where she's more reluctant to share to meet people to talk to folks she's a bit shyer uh and the funny thing is she is one of like i think the cool and this pipe part because i made her also but like um th- like she's just so cool like and so when i say because i made her i don't mean she's cool because i'm cool i mean because she, like because i just love her because she's my child but like I just think that she's so wildly interesting and funny and curious and eclectic and just awesome, right? So, um, but she, fe- like, if I told her that she had to stand up in front of 20 kids and give a presentation, no
1: way. Right. She no. would be 100% she- this kid that you're talking about. So it's yeah. like, what would you do? She would, would take the
0: L. She would just be like, give she me would. a zero. I'm not doing it. She really
1: would take the zero. So here's
0: how we've gotten around that in the last few years is there's two ways. One, you can have kids record themselves. And maybe it's their face, but maybe they're just doing an overlay of a voice over top of like a PowerPoint or something like that, where they are like, and you tell them like, look, it's important that like, this is carefully curated, like be close enough to the microphone, cut out background noises, like make this like, I'm, I'm listening to a presentation or watching a commercial. Um, so it's not, I don't have to see your face, but I'm listening to your presentation skills audibly. Um, The other thing is they could, uh, do it like after school or during lunch or during a prep period with a handful of friends. So you go, all right, here's what I want you to do. Pick three friends or, um, like if you have like two friends and like a teacher that you really like that will be willing to watch you that you feel safe in front of, how about that option? And that's a thing that most kids will take you up on that they'll come in after school and it's you and a couple of teachers and a few friends. And they're going to watch you present. So you're still doing it. You're still getting the opportunity to see that kid in front of you, live in person, in real time. But it's in a safer environment that they don't feel so destroyed by. Because typically, it's a phase. It's a season. It's not the rest of their life. They're going to have to get over that at some point. But you are being accommodating for that. Um, for that anxiety for who they for are right, right now. now. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think that's so important. Um, Okay, Zoe is asking any book recommendations for me for my summer holidays. There is a book she's just starting, I think.
0: I think I'm going to say so, Teacher Class yay. Off uh, by this guy C.J. Reynolds. It's available on Amazon right <laughs> now. It's only seventeen ninety nine right now on Amazon.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. That's what I would pick. I would say.
1: What are the books gosh, that you've been reading or have I, read? I really
0: like in the summer. Um. I, so look, here's, here's where I go. I like stuff that's completely outside of, of my life, right? It is just like, um, not even remotely related to anything that I go through in my life. Right. And I love stuff that is uplifting. I like, I've read enough sad books. Like, uh, so like, I remember when I read the road, um, by, oh, I'm going to forget Lopez will know. Um, who wrote the road. It was one of the most, dep- it was a great book. It was beautifully written. It was depressing as hell. It's so depressing. It was just like, I'm glad I read it in the summer and not like uh, in, in in the winter. There's another book I love, <laughs> one of my favorite books of all time, A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius, right? It's the name of the book. Um, great book. Depressing as hell. Like, it's like, so in the summer, I want to read something that like gives me life that, um, Makes me laugh. I really like autobiographies. Right now I'm reading um, Christopher King's uh, autobiography. And it's just like how he built this luxury brand. And it's like that. It's like living a life that's like full of luxury. And like but still working. And how did you get there? And how did you build your brand? And all this stuff. Like it's just a cool. He's just a fascinating like most interesting man in the world. Kind of a dude. And I like that stuff. I like things that just like bring me joy. Um, Cause that's the thing. I don't ever need to, be, I'm never like, man, I need to come down from this joy. I need a little depression. I need a little real, more realness <laughs> in my life. Um, if there's anything I'm ever lacking or wishing I had more of is joy. And I hack it. That's why I watch certain TikToks. I watch certain Instagram feeds. I watch certain, um, like, read certain books and watch certain movies because I wanted to bring that joy. And to that end, um, this is our new, goal this school year we're get, so we have a newsletter if you go and it hasn't been out for a hot second we
1: have one but you know yeah <laughs>
0: life gets busy it will start coming out it, you will get it every friday the beginning of the month all you do is go right to real dot and you can um find the, the 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 little floaty thing says newsletter on there and it is like five to ten ways that i'm finding joy this month this is what i'm working on and so this is like And it's, they're all hacks, right? It's like how, and what I mean, hack, it's like, how do I get to the place of joy fastest without like, this isn't like just going through therapy, spiritual direction, exercise, grinding it out. I do all that stuff as well, but I need a quick hack of like, yo, I'm gonna tell you one of the things that's in my newsletter. I got introduced to a baseball team called the Savannah Bananas. And if you do not follow them on social media, it makes your life better immediately. It's hilarious. It's awesome. It is literally like if I had a baseball team, it's how I would run it. And so the Savannah mm-hmm. Bananas, they're led by the, their owner, Jesse Cole. I listened to his podcast. It's a quick hack to bring me joy. And that's how I do it. So that's so that's what I'm looking for is like things that mm-hmm. just bring me joy.
1: Those are your book recommendations?
0: Uh, for the moment, yeah. All right. Christopher R. King.
1: All right, our next question is, just finishing up my education and teaching, and this will be my first year starting with classes on my own. Awesome. Any tips how not to stress a lot and what is the most important to prep by the way. love your channel. Thank
0: you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Um, That stuff's never lost on me. I love when people,
1: I love, love. Well, it's so funny because the only way that we see that anybody likes what we do is by them telling us. So it's like, no, we need people to either say what they need, what they want, what they like. Like we're here to serve people, teachers. So it's like, we want to know what you want (laughs) or love. Alright, you can. That was important. You can answer the question now. I was hanging on your (laughs) word. Um,
0: I would say, look, one. I don't know where I learned this, but I learned it somewhere. Fear, anxiety, right? That feeling is almost identical to excitement. Feels the same way, right? You're going to kiss someone for the first time. You get butterflies in your stomach, right? You're nervous, but you're excited, right? You go on a roller coaster and you're going up to the top. Tick, 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 tick. You're scared, but it's also like, oh man, this is awesome, right? When you get married, when you have a baby, you feel both, right? They're almost indistinguishable. So sometimes I just tell myself, I'm not nervous. I'm just really excited about this. Even if I'm terrified, um, it is tricking myself to thinking like that's just what if this is just excitement um the other thing is uh how to not stress a lot i i find that this is one of those things that goes back to my morning routine um it's there's a process that the stoics used to do called fear setting where you literally as i meditate i will think about the thing that i'm doing and it goes horribly wrong and then you sit with this idea of is this the is this the thing I fear the most? Right? Like, is this the thing that I'm the most afraid of? And sometimes sitting in that and going through it in your mind, um, it you start thinking about ways like how I would handle it, or you already went through it and it was horrible. And like, all right, I can I can handle that, right? You've been through, you've gotten through. What what is, I think this is another Pinterest moment? Um, you've survived a hundred percent of your worst days, right? Done, right? So like, what's the worst thing that could happen? This is something I remind. Myself of all the time. What's the worst thing that can happen, wife?
1: I know that's how I say it too. What do
0: I say though? What's the next part of my line? Oh, you kill my flow though. I thought we were oh, going to have this synergistic moment.
1: Sorry, come on. I have. What's seen... the
0: worst thing that could happen? You're not oh, going to catch on fire. You're not going to catch on there fire. Go. You're not. Woo, I did it. So <laughs> not in the class. I mean, unless you're using a Bunsen burner, that's there's a strong possibility there. But like, <laughs> if you're teaching English or history, you ain't catching on fire, um, or math. So it's Bunsen burner classes. So. uh that's, that's part of it. And then just filling myself up on the way to school. I'm only listening to music that is like getting me going. I'm only listening to podcasts that are getting me going. I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to like nonsense that's going on in the world, whether it's politics and not to say that's nonsense. It's some of that stuff's really important, but it's like, I'm not trying to be there. I might even listen to the weather. I don't want to hear them say, Oh, it's a brutal one out there today. It's going to be 98 degrees. Or if you live in Texas, 198 degrees, it is literally only listening to stuff that fills me, up, fills me up fills me up fills me up fills me up so that when I walk through the doors of school I am on 11 and I it is like no no one can touch you when you're there and even if you do what are you going to do get knocked down to 10 like I got this as far as prepping um I would say look we're going to do a class on this too like a, a master class on on lesson planning but it is um cuz I think there's a real short and simple and sweet way to do this I would say Summer
1: beg. is really waiting for that answer because yeah. has, that's her next question. The next question is about lesson planning. I so think
0: part of it is... Don't answer that yet. Beg, borrow, and steal um, and sprinkle magic on top of things. Do not recreate the wheel, right? It is... Teachers all the time want to be the most, the newest, the freshest, the... It's like...
1: So what's what's the most important thing to prep? Like, what are your... I think those are... In the videos, like the first I have a second whole, day? Yeah.
0: I mean, look, anything we're going to make a master class out of or like yes. we have a lot of plans coming up, like even the book, right? There's like most of the stuff that's in the book can be found on YouTube, but then you just got to go through over 500 videos to find it, right? It's uh-huh. like not a curated list list. because um, we didn't know we'd still be doing this six years later. Uh, but, you know, when I when I plan, I go like this. This is the very this is the super, super short version of it. How long do I want a unit to take? How long? I I can Parkinson's law says that uh, an activity takes as much time as you give it. So how long do I want All to right, take? All right, Paul,
1: so we're going to we're going to officially go into the next go, question If question. Summer is asking over on official. Facebook. So how do you lesson plan on procrastination station over here with everything, but I haven't been able to unit plan like I wanted to this summer. What are some of your tips? All
0: right, so one, I'm going to tell you this, Summer, enjoy your summer. That's the first thing. There is here's here's a uh, something that I really have to hold on to because I have a habit of working insanely long hours all day until I'm just about dead at the end of the night. I have time to have like two beers and then fall asleep on the couch until I have to go up to bed. Um, At my best, it is learning that when you are in a good place, feeling restored, feeling peaceful, feeling joyous, feeling excited, and you do any, any activity. It could be picking dog poop up in your yard. It could be washing the dishes, cleaning out your basement, going to your mother-in-law's that you don't want to go to. Cause she's a little bit crazy and she makes you feel bad about yourself every single time you go to not my scenario. I love my mother-in-law, <laughs> Sylvia just want you to know that. Um, but it is, it is when you are feeling good, you compound your effects. You get more done in less time when you're feeling great. So it, it's, it behooves you. So when you think you're just chilling, you're not doing anything, if you are rejuvenating yourself, it is going to help you plan better, right? You're also more creative. You think of more fun stuff. You think of the fun kids. When you're not in a good place, you think of, oh, they're all just going to hate this anyway. And Tommy just ruins every day. He ruins every single thing I want to do that's going to be awesome. He just freaking ruins it. When you're not thinking about Tommy, um, or you just don't care about him that much when you feel like you're in a good place. That's the first thing. The second thing is, I think of, I put everything in five weeks, totally arbitrary number. Um, I could make it six weeks. I could make it eight weeks. I try not to make units go too long because they get boring. And I try not to make them too short because I need to build in time for kids to really understand what's going on. In my estimation, five weeks works well for every single unit. So every book I teach takes five weeks. Then the real super short version of it is figure out um, when you're going to start, when you're going to finish. Then what days do you have off in there? So maybe you're taking days off. Maybe the school is off. It's like a holiday or something like that. There's Christmas break. I don't want any big breaks happening in the middle of a unit, um obvious reasons. Kids, can you remember their locker combination after a three-day uh, school, like a three-day weekend? Um, they're not going to remember anything if you take off school for a week. Then it's what do I want them to learn? Basically, what do you want to learn ba- in a basic? group in the first week. So we're gonna talk about figurative language. We're gonna talk about symbolism. We're gonna talk about irony, whatever it is, plug those in. What are the big ticket items that you want them to do, right? The big things. And then um how many for me for reading it's how many if I if a book has six hundred pages, um when I how many pages a week do I have to read to get to that? Um, and that starts me off in a solid position. Right. And so when we do the, the mastermind on how to lesson, but I'll go into it more, but it's like literally just saying like, well, what do I want to teach this year? And then like, if it's five weeks, how do I break that down? What am I going to teach each week? And then I'll get into like uh, later, like um, how do I break it up into each day? And how do I plan for each day and things like that. But that's the, the short of it. It's, it's really, and it gets something on the calendar. Right. And so like, and then just worry about your first five weeks. Right? I have a friend, Randy, that used to, by the beginning of school, he had all of his lesson planning done for the whole year. What? what you, Randy, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm just not that dude. I think about the next five weeks, and really, I think about that, and that's rough. And then it's like, this week, how do we make this week come alive? Um, so that's what I'm. With that.
1: I think it's also understanding that it's okay, like, if that's not how you are. Like, I couldn't plan that much like Randy would and that yeah, in don't. depth. Like, my brain just doesn't work like that. Like, nope. we don't process that way. But so, like, knowing if you feel behind because you're comparing yourself to someone else who operates on a higher level than in that that particular area than you is, like, you're just not doing anything. And I'm speaking out of, like, learning how to do that for myself, like that judgment of, like, not beating myself up on something that I'm judging other people that are, like, super great in that area. And it's like, well, why can't I be that great? Well, I'm just not wired like that. But I'm wired to be great in something else that you're not. and That's it. And just be – so I'm not going to let my anxiety, if I'm behind someone else, get the better of me when I know, well, I'm just never going to be like that because – I just don't operate like that, and so comparison it's knowing you
0: comparison is the thief of all joy. Yeah, facts. Right. And so
1: it's going to take us a lifetime to figure it all out yeah. and and get it down. But so it's don't knowing. Beat up about that so either. when people
0: ask me how I lesson plan, I'll tell you this: is how I lesson plan.
1: I know people have been asking for this video. They've been asking for your thoughts on it, and yeah. it's like it's really not that entertaining. It's like. It's you just pull everything that you do in I, life. I tell
0: the family, I go like this: All right, Dad's going in the matrix. I hang up my sign, type bubble of total focus, and then um, <laughs> I put in AirPods on with music, and I just sit there and I just dream about it and I think about it, and then that's how. And then oftentimes they go, "What are you doing? Are you even doing anything?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the zone. I'm getting in the zone right now," and that's where I come up and think of really great ideas, and then that's how I go. All right, this is what I want. All. Oh, Oh, this is what we're going to do this week. It's going to be so sick. And that's right. That's how I kind of do it.
1: Yeah. All right, um we need to end soon, but I want to ask one more. answer this question because they need help. They're saying need help with a really defiant and disrespectful student. Principal and other students say it's been like this for a long time before my time. Apparently, parent won't get get the student help. Not us.
0: So yeah. there's a couple ways to deal with this. Um. one, all right, parents won't get help. I would ask the parent um, what has worked in the past and what hasn't worked. That's all I want to know. Hey, what what helps your, what, what lights your kid up? What, what class has been great for them? What class has been a struggle for them? Um, and what kind of teachers, what kind, not what teacher individual, what types of tactics don't work for your kid, right? Just start there. Um, and that's an email, right? So you're always thinking documentation when you're dealing with like, uh, really like, and I, am not even into documentation with regards to like, let me make this real clear. It's not about documenting things so a kid can get in trouble. And then like, finally, when they kick them out, it's like, oh, the paperwork was there. It is like, sometimes you just got to cover your butt because someone's going to be like, did you call the parents? Did you talk to them? Did you document it? Blah, blah, blah. Like it's, yeah, bro, I got it. So you're documenting these things. And then. Sometimes that helps to hold a mirror up to students, parents, and administrators also to say, no, look, I did it. I did all this stuff. um, And we're still where we are. And so that helps, you know, grease the wheels sometimes. The other thing with regards to that is letting kids know, like I often let kids know in the beginning of the year, like, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, I hear stuff, I heard stuff about you, heard like whatever. Um, I want you to know it doesn't have to be like that. I, I, all I want you to know is I'm excited for you to be in my class. All I want you to know is that I want this to be the best year ever. And sometimes that acknowledgement of that kid can shift a lot of things. I've had a lot of really difficult kids in my life that um, just showing an active interest, just involving them in the class, just letting you know, th- like that sort of thing happen has been really good. The flip side of that is having very, very clear boundaries. That happened from the get go.
1: So I'm gonna stop you go right ahead, there. They, there's a part two, and I didn't see oh, this earlier. Good. So she's saying that affects the vibe in the class and lessons. The student is manipulative and can be charming and mean too. And never n- never sure what uh, version or mood you're gonna get get. So um, I think having, yeah, like you the said, US. the clear the clear boundaries like is key.
0: It's it is for someone I don't, who's
1: especially manipulative.
0: You know. It is remembering that teachers, look, let me say, I'll put it this way. Teachers um, think one way, right? I think coaches think another. I would think of myself as a coach, right? A coach is not your friend. A coach loves you. A coach wants you to win. They want to win themselves, right? Like, bad. That's why they're there. But they're not going to play. So when, it, when a teacher tells you to stop talking, to pay attention to, you know, whatever the, the question is, uh, and kids can get really upset. But I thought we were cool. I thought we mean like when you call a kid on something, they get. But I thought you were cool. But if the football coach called them on something, they're not going to say anything. If they had to do laps, everyone's working. Everyone's trying hard. Everyone's sweating. Everyone's getting pushed. Everyone's being challenged, right? If you think of yourself as a coach, it's easier to do this stuff. I tell kids all the time, I do care about you. Um, here's where you're getting trumped up though, is that I care so much that I just want you to win. I don't want to, I'm not sitting here trying to lose. Um, I want you to, to, to win. And so it is having very clear boundaries. There's very clear answers. If you do this, this happens. If this happens again, this happens. If this happens again, this happens, but it's just not getting mad. And it's even if you're getting mad inside, it's putting off the sense of, well, this is what we agreed on. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't you go to the principal? Why wouldn't we have to call mom? Why wouldn't we have to stay after class? Why wouldn't we step in the hallway and have a, this is our agreed upon scenario. This is, this is what we do. Um, And so that is something also that, that is, that helps. And then it's, here's, here's where I think this becomes even more of an issue. this is something that's far more difficult for teachers to do, but it's really, really important. Too often that, type of student, right? We're talking about someone who's defiant, who's someone who needs a ton of attention, someone that cries for attention because their behavior is the way that it is or attitude is the way that it is, whatever, or, or you just really want to help that kid. Um, there are how many other students in your classroom that are not doing that, that are not getting the help, the love, the attention because you're giving that student all the help, love, and attention, right that there are multiple there are so many other kids in your class and what we do is oftentimes those students that are that have those sort of behavioral traits become like a black hole of attention now there's them on one side they're really big personalities the other kid is the kid you love to teach that kid that's alive everything oh my gosh i love math and you're like what no one ever loves math oh my gosh i love math can we diagram sentences bro you just spoke to my soul we're going to diagram sentences and you want to do it yes but then there are How many kids in your class that sit there quietly, they don't really say anything, but inside they're quietly failing, right? It is thinking of all of your students and giving them all equal time. And so that helps to get around some of those behaviors too, because I'm not just focused on you all day, right? the end of the day, the school has to work as a collective to help bring students up. You are not the be all end all. So I've had students that I have tried and tried and tried and tried with, and they failed, right? It's the old adage of this: when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I am here, I am willing, I want you to win. But if you don't wanna win, I can't do push-ups for you. I can't like, what am I gonna do? Move your little body up into the air? Like this doesn't work like that. Um, so I'm here, I'm ready, I'm willing, I love you. I want you to win more than you could ever possibly know, but I can't do the work for you. So when you're ready, right? Like I tell kids all the time, like, yo, I'm done. I'm just not going to do this anymore. When you're ready, just let me know. I'm there. I'm not like cutting you off. I'm not cutting you out. I'm not like pushing you aside. Um, this is not cancel culture here. Uh, when you're ready, like w- to actually do the work, let's do it. Let me know, man. And, and we're, we're on it. But that's kind of, that really helped me realign how I do things. And then I'm looking at kids in my class and focusing on wins. I'm f- focusing on that kid that was super quiet that didn't know that they could do it. They found a win. And now we're going over here. Um, and I, you know, I think that, that that helps as well. There's a lot more that I could speak to that as well, but it's, you know, it's some of it depends on the student, some of it depends on trying particular interventions and strategies and things of that nature, and then getting to the place where like, you know, so this is what's next, and this is what's next, and this is what's next. Um, but it's staying completely and utterly consistent with students, documenting everything, trying to build relationships with parents, with school administrators, with students, um, but holding your ground and not giving that kid any more time or attention than anyone else. Because it's just a, it, it, you know, a, f- a fairness thing on, on that point. We good? Yep. Cool. Gang, before we leave, I want to tell you this really fast. One, beginning of school year is coming. And we want to help as much as humanly possible. So we've created a two-day event. Um, it's an hour each night. It's a back-to-school masterclass. It's going to drop this week. So you'll get the information, the ability, ability to sign up this week. Along with these two-hour-long masterclasses, there is a ton of resources. So every time I like mention a thing like, here's how you should do your seating chart. You just get the seating chart. Here's how you should write this email to a parent. Here's how you get it. Here's how you should do... Um, uh, get to know you page, uh, PowerPoint introduction to the students, how I introduce myself. I'm going to give you the PowerPoint and then you can just, and then you'll get a template to do your own PowerPoint, right? It's all that stuff right there. Um, at your fingertips, you don't have to recreate any, there's enough stuff for you to do. What we're trying to do is take professional development to be actual professional development instead of standing for pretty dumb, which is what most of my professional developments have felt like over the years. Um, and it will be done completely virtual. You can sit there in your pajama pants and then you will still have access to it until the end of September. Um, which is like if you need to go back to it, if you need to like refresh your memory or whatever, it's all there for you. That's going to come out this week. Um, there are even deals set in place if your school wants to do it, if your PLC wants to do it, if your department wants to sign up for it. Um, you can just email us read at real and there are discounts if you have like a like a handful of people sign up for it all together so that's going to come out this week but our hope is to help you to start school off on in the on the best possible foot on the best way on the highest energy vibe level that you can this year um so that you just feel cool going into school and i just that was some bars i didn't even anticipate no one made me think of that was a silly i went to a child's uh, party yesterday and I got myself a little tattoo. You got one too. So that's it, gang. We'll see you here next week, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bring your friends if you need to um, and your questions and we'll talk about anything. And that's it, gang. Thank you so much for being awesome and we'll see you then. Peace. Peace.